This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. I pray that you sense the anointing of heaven here. I believe it's here to heal and to set free. So I welcome all of you. If you're a guest, I welcome you here. If you're a regular, if you're watching online, I'm glad you're here. I believe the Lord will speak to your heart. If you need a Bible, better known as your owner's manual, raise your hand and we'll get an owner's manual in your hand so you can get the word of God once you get there or get a Bible. Go with me to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians 10 is where we'll begin and I'll give you just a little bit of where I'm going this morning or a little bit partially. Uh, A lot of times after what God does at the Men of Iron, many of the ladies say, We wish you would know what you spoke about because our husbands, they never tell us. So I like to help you out a little bit of that. So I'll I'll give you a little bit of what took place, recap some of it. And I I believe the same anointing that was in here through a couple nights, a couple sessions, will come back in here. So to get us rolling here, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. And this is the Apostle Paul. He says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So Paul admits real quick here, he's mortal. He's living in the present realities of this world. And he, he does not fight with mere human weapons. But we are in a fight, okay? It's just not with mere human weapons. Verse four. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or of the flesh, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Now, when you see the word strongholds, that's anything that tries to oppose the word of God in your life. The Passion Translation says this, they're defenses behind which people hide. Are there any things that cause you to hide in your life? And so a stronghold, one translation, likens it to rebellious castles, another to demonic strongholds, or anything, again, that's in opposition to the Word of God. Now, the best way I can describe a stronghold for you is anything in your life that gets a strong hold on you. It's really deep, wasn't it? In other words, something in this life that gets you in a headlock, that's got you. And it could be many things. And I'll highlight this here in a little bit, what I'm going to get to today. He goes on to say, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So warfare in the mind against arrogance, against rebellious ideas, also attitudes which he terms arguments. Interesting. And he goes on to say, and we are to bring every thought to captivity to the obedience of Christ. So when I read this, again, there's stuff that happens in our thought lives. Every one of us. How's your thought life? Have you been dating the devil? Have you been going steady with it? Have you and the devil been romancing? See, again, let me give you a thought on our mind here. I can't keep the birds from flying over my head, but I sure can keep them from nesting in my hair. What am I saying? 
Thoughts are always going to come, okay? Every one of us have thoughts. And those thoughts don't become sinful or, or life-destroying until I take hold of them. And so I've got to get to a place in my life, according to this, that I stand against those thoughts. And this is what he's talking about. So he ends in verse 6, and he says, And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So he talks about here that every disobedient thought got to come into the, the word of God or through the Lord Jesus. So again, don't, don't treat the thought like it never came, but cast it down in Jesus' name. Don't, don't allow that to come in. So where I'm going off of this, that I think this will bear witness with us, that every one of us in this room for the last year, 12, 14 months, we dealt with stuff Globally, every one of us, no one was exempt. And I begin to see in my own life, in many of your lives, a, a spirit of fear that began to rise up. And that fear would try to torment, and that, try, that fear would try to immobilize us, and it would try to keep us from going into the direction God wanted us. Don't raise your hands, but how many of you had to deal with incredible fear? And ultimately, those fears led to a thing called anxiety. And with anxiety comes great worries and great troubles. But the apostle Paul said in Philippians 4, 6, he said, be anxious for nothing. In other words, he's telling us how to put an X through anxiety. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, not for everything, but in everything, with prayer and supplications or petitions, make your requests made known to God. And we're to do that with thanksgiving. You know why thanksgiving? It's a posture of worship. So there's a transferring that all my worries and all my anxieties, I say, here, Lord, you take them. And you know what the result is when we really give them to God? Is verse 7, then the peace of God which surpasses our understanding will guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now that's a promise. So I want to talk about this just a little bit this morning to get us through some things, but to usher in incredible victory. So go with me to the 142nd Psalm. Psalm 142. And, and as you're turning there, I'm going to get into a passage here about a man named David. King David. A man that God himself said, he's a man after my own heart. And so even though David was the anointed king, and even though he was a man after God's own heart, he wasn't exempt from the things of this life like me and you. So at this time in his life, he's experiencing incredible trouble. It's like life is trying to close in on him. And so to set the table for you a little bit right here in Psalm 142, you'll see on at least a dozen times in these seven verses, he uses the word my, my, my state, my condition. And so David becomes very transparent before God. He becomes hot. He's, he's honest, open, and transparent. Now, through this psalm here, I believe God's wanting us to learn some things. So we start, Psalm 142, verse number one. I cry out to the Lord with my voice, 
With my voice to the Lord, I make my supplication. I plead for mercy. I pour out my complaint before him. I declare before him my trouble. So literally right here, he verbalizes his distraught feelings. Now, I believe this is the first step to recovery for every one of us. When I verbalize my feelings to God, I don't try to hide them. And many times when we look at doing this, especially as men, we have a thought, that's a sign of weakness. No, it's a sign of meekness. It's a sign that says, Father God, I don't know what to do, but you do. And 1 Peter 5, it says here that God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. The only time in the Bible that I can find out that God ever resists mankind is when we get over to an atmosphere of, of arrogance and pride. He never resists the sinner. He never resists the, 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 the rebellious, but he does resist the arrogant because the arrogant says, I got it. I don't need you, God. I got it. We don't got nothing. Verse three. When my spirit was overwhelmed, the, trans, uh, the, the passion translation here says, when I felt like giving up. Man, I, I heard that last year so much that people were like, I just want to throw in the towel. He was overwhelmed, but he was willing to admit, I'm overwhelmed within me. Then you knew my path in the way in which I walk. They have secretly set a snare for me. Look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. Uh, refuges fail me. No one cares for my soul. I cried out to you, O Lord, and I said, you are my refuge. So when he was forsaken by all others, the Lord remained his refuge. And it's powerful. My portion in the land of the living. Now that word portion means my inheritance. And my inheritance is only found in the land of the living. Now I want you to hang on to that thought, okay? The land of the living, because we're going to get there eventually to the land of the living, and you're going to get blessed. So he goes on to say in verse 6, attend to my cry, for I am brought very low, I'm degraded. Deliver me from the persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise your name. The righteous shall surround me, for you shall deal bountifully with them. So ultimately right here in due time, the righteous would rally around him. Now, I, I love this thought that it gives me here because, again, life is closing in on King David. And he's very transparent with his, his hurts and his concerns. Turn with me to, to 1 Samuel chapter 22. 1 Samuel 22, and as you're going there, King David's greatest battle wouldn't be with the guy named Goliath. But his greatest battle would be his own vulnerability. Now, when I take you here to 1 Samuel 22, 
the psalm that we just read, Psalm 142, David wrote this right here in 1 Samuel 22. This is where he wrote this. So there are going to be some nuggets in here that are going to bless you. So 1 Samuel 22, verse 1. David therefore departed from there. There was Gath. Gath was the hometown of Goliath. So when you see there, he was right smack dab in the middle of these guys called the Philistines. That's where he was at. So he, he departed from there and he escaped. He escaped. He's on the run. He's having to flee. And there was this guy named King Saul who relentlessly went after him on 16 different times. He tried to kill David. I read this and I have the thought, what's got you on the run right now? Is there things in your life that you're running from? Keep reading. So he escaped to the cave of Adullam. Now he writes Psalm 142 while he's in the cave. And when I re read the, the passage here that he's in the cave, he's experiencing incredible rejection and incredible resentment. But I believe every one of us in this room need time in the cave. And what I mean by that is a place you slow down and you rest and you take refuge and you get refocused on the things of God. And, and I believe in here, this is what God's doing with King David. You know what he's saying? I got to get your undivided attention. I got to get you to slow down. And many times in our life, I, I believe within each one of us, it's like getting on the loop at five o'clock on Friday night. It's crazy. It's chaotic. So when I talk about this cave experience, in the book of Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through verse 42, Jesus comes across these two women, Martha and Mary. And this one named Martha is busy, busy, busy. She is crazy busy, and she's so busy that she thinks she's the only one doing anything. And she gets so mad about how busy she is that she voices it to Jesus. Jesus, you need to tell Mary to get with it. And Jesus, and this is the Swarmy Swarm paraphrased edition. Jesus looks at her and says, Martha, you need to chill. <laughs> chill. You are worried and troubled about many things. His exact words. Are there things that you're worried and troubled about right now that have got me? I'm, I'm busy. You know what busy is? Busy is the treadmill effect. You go a lot of miles, but you never get anywhere. That's how we look in life. And so the Lord Jesus ends up saying to Martha, he said, Martha, Mary's found the good part 
which cannot be taken away from her. Well, what was the good part? The Lord Jesus himself said this. She sits at my feet. She sits at my feet. She takes time to pursue me. She takes time to seek me. And isn't it interesting, the Lord Jesus said, she's found the good part. Let me ask you something. When's the last time you sat at the feet of Jesus? You slowed down enough to sit at the feet of Jesus. Where you literally turned the world off. See, every one of us in here, we understand busy. And don't raise your hand with this, but I'm really going to make you think here. If your phone dinged right now, would you answer it? See, many times with our cell phones, when we hear a ding or something goes off, even if you've got it silenced right now, you start twitching. <laughs> Pastor, do you twitch when your cell phone goes off? No. You know why? Because I never bring it with me in here on Sundays or Wednesdays. Never. And so I can tell you this, when I get my phone after the service today, there's been Sunday mornings, I've had 56 messages. And you know what? This may be a shock to some of you, but there was life before, before cell phones. And so again, do you need to turn the world off? Because you'll never hear from God until I take time to get in his presence. So if getting his presence isn't priority, then you're not going to ever hear from him. And then he said, not only does she sit at my feet, she hears my word. She absorbs my word. Psalm 119, 105 says that the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so he highlights right there. I, I, I got to get to the feet of Jesus and I got to hear the word of God. And I believe this is what he's telling us through this thing called the, the cave experience. You'll never change what you tolerate. Never. So he's in this cave. Keep reading. So he escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. They're running for their life too. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was pressed and fatigued, that's what that word means. Any of you in the last year feel pressed or fatigued? Yeah. And so he gets these guys, everyone who was in distress, who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented or bitter in his soul, they gathered to him. Now, there's a nugget in that statement they gathered to him. If you pick up there, he didn't get to pick them. He didn't get to select them. They gathered to him. So David has the thought, now, wait a minute, God. I'm, 
I'm running for my life. I've got anxieties. I've got worries. I've got cares. And this is who you give me? These misfits, these outcasts, this is who you give me. So when I read about these guys that he gave him, these guys became his mighty men. These guys became heroes. This isn't who they always were, but what this tells me is they didn't stay in their circumstances. They didn't allow life circumstances to define their future. Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron. So the people you and me run with, do they sharpen your character or do they dull your character? And what I found in this life, that some people bless your life when they come into your life, and some people bless your life when they exit your life. Now, the great thing about these guys that he was talking about, these 3D guys, is they were forgivable, they were changeable, they were moldable, and they became capable. So the reason they gathered to him is they said, this guy's got something we want to get. And David over and over modeled what it looked like to be a godly man. You know, you find out that at least four of them went on to, to slay giants. You want to be a giant slayer? Run with giant slayers. That's the key. Get around the godly. So this is who he gets. Keep reading with me. So they gathered to him, so he became captain over him. And there were about 400 men with him. Then David went there from Mizpah of Moab, and he said to the king of Moab, please let my father and mother come here with you, comma, till I know what God will do for me. Now get that right there, what he just said. In other words, I'm not going anywhere until I get what God has for me. I'm not going anywhere until God tells me what to do. In order for that to happen, you got to get in God's presence. And so literally he said, I will not depart from the cave until I hear from God. Do you know our God? He's not a drive through window God. Our God is not into microwaving. He's into marinating. See, I think many times we, we treat God like a five-hour energy drink. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I'm Jimmy. I'll take all your gimme. And then hustle is on you. I got what I needed and I'm gone. But right here, this guy said, I'm not going anywhere. It's like he's telling him, I'm going to get in the presence of God. And he was saying, I, I would rather be late than early because I know at least when I'm late, God's with me. But when I'm early, I'm out there on my own abilities. And when I get there on my own abilities, it's destruction. It's bad. It's bad. I shared this the other night. In my early 20s, I was born again. I had a desire to serve God. I just didn't know how. And several times God, God put me around great men of God. So one of them was a guy who was stationed at Cannon Air Force Base. 
And every time I would get around him, he would go, hey, hey. And he was real, real soft-spoken. Hey, let me tell you what God's telling me today. And the next day, he'd say, hey, let me, let me tell you what God's telling me. Well, there were times I thought, He's calling Shelly on the phone. He knows way too much about me. I mean, it's like he would read my mail and he'd do, do, do. And every time I would see him, he would say, hey, let me tell you what God's telling me. You know what I thought? And he's really gifted. He's lucky. He's lucky. But you know what I began to find out about this guy? He rose every morning at 4.30. And the first thing he did was he'd get on his knees. He'd get in the presence of God. See, he figured out God's not in the email. God's in an email. And he took time to get in the presence of God. And he would hear the word of God. And the reason he had, hey, 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 let me tell you what God's telling me. Because he took time to get into his presence. And and many times we want what other people have, but we don't want to do what they've done to get it. See, every sacrifice is based on preference. I believe with this all my heart, that is as simple as God spoke to Frank Campbell. He'll speak to me and you that way if I'll take time to get into his presence. And so he says here, I'm not going anywhere until I get into God's presence. Be still and know I'm God. Be still. Be quiet. That means sports center can't be priority. That means that you need to disconnect from Wi-Fi. I can't do that. Well, every sacrifice based on preference. See, again, I look at all the things that I think are priority in my life, but they're not. Verse 4. So he brought them before the king of Moab, and they dwelt there with all the time that David was in the stronghold. Now the prophet Gad said to David, do not stay in the stronghold. It's time to leave. And the very next word he uses is depart, depart. So Gad speaks to him as the prophet or the seer, and he says, you got to depart. And when I get direction from God, do I depart? Because he says, depart and go. But if I don't depart and go, I never get where God desires me to go. See, it's one thing to hear from God, but it's another thing to obey. That's why he said to the prophet Samuel, he says, obedience is better than sacrifice. Depart and go to the land of Judah. You know what the land of Judah is? It's Psalm 142. The land of the living. You know what God said to the prophet Gad to him? He said, David, It's time to get to the land of the living. The land of the living was God's inheritance. Did you know that you have an inheritance from God? Now the problem with an inheritance, if I don't know what the inheritance is, it's hard for me to use it. 
It's hard for me to benefit. You want to see a little bit of your inheritance? Oh, I'm glad you said yes. Go to Colossians 1. Go to Colossians 1. And so I think about this with King David as you're going to Colossians 1. If he doesn't depart and go, does his fears, does his anxiety, does his worries, his cares, does depression, does it literally squeeze the life out of him? Watch my inheritance in Colossians 1 verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Now, better stated here, when you see the word qualified, that means to make competent or sufficient or to authorize. You've been qualified. You've been authorized with an inheritance. What does that mean? Well, read verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. The power of darkness here conveys the idea of salvation and rescuing us from the tyranny of the devil. So he's given us an inheritance. I received Jesus as Lord of my life. And then with that inheritance, whatever the darkness that's on upon you right now, he said, I've delivered you. I've delivered you from darkness. I've delivered you from fear. I've delivered you from, from suicidal thoughts, from depression. I've delivered you from the strongholds. I, I know what it is to have a, a strong stronghold, guys. I, I had a thing called alcohol that kept me in a stronghold for years. Years and years and years. And I begin to tap into verse 13 years ago. That I realized Jesus paid a price for me that I don't have to walk in darkness. And I begin to pray that day after day. Father God, I thank you you've delivered me from the power of alcohol. Day by day by day. And something happens when we begin to take a gospel. The word of God. And I remember before long, those temptations begin to, to, to get shorter and shorter, further and further. <laughs> and the more I took my gospel every day, I saw an inheritance come alive to me. <laughs> Free. So he goes on to say this. He's delivered us from the power of darkness and has conveyed or transferred us into the kingdom of his son of love. Felix, would you pitch me that bottle of water, please? I mean, uh, Aaron, right there. It's right there on my seat. I'm sorry, I got to do this. <coughs> I spoke too much in the last few days. It's right there on the seat. Just pitch that to me. Throw it to me. I'll catch it. I tell you, I got the hands of <laughs> ye a little faith. He's delivered me. Thank you. He's delivered me from the power of darkness and conveyed me or transferred me into the kingdom of his son of love. Now listen to this. In whom we have redemption through his blood and even the forgiveness of sins. 
So guess what he tells me? He gives me my inheritance package. When you receive Jesus as Lord of your life, you've got an inheritance that he forgives you through his son's blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. But also, there is power to set me free. He's transferred me to that kingdom of love. And I've seen this over and over. God's no respecter of persons. He'll move in every one of our lives. You know, I was on my way here early this morning and there was a song in my car that was playing. Just real simple. It says, you are good, God, and you never change. You are good, oh God, and you never change. You are good, oh God, and you never change your ways. And I realized that, that, that God's good. So when all hell breaks loose in our life, do I run to God or do I run to the world? Do I become a kingdom warrior or do I stay a warrior? But I'm telling you guys now, guys, God is wanting us to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to make a change in my life today. I'm going to ask you to stand up right there where you're at. God wants us to start living in that inheritance. I don't care who you are. So if you're here today and you've never made that first step to get born again, to give your heart, that's what you got to do. That's the first step. Where you ask Jesus to come into your heart and be Lord. That's what qualifies you right there. Well, I'll give my heart to Jesus when I start acting better and doing better things. That's never going to happen, okay? God never intended you for do that on your own. You won't do that. So that's why the old song, just as I am. The Lord says, come, just as you are, come. And, and so if you're here today and you need to get born again or you need to rededicate, I welcome you to walk down here right now to these altars. That God wants to have an encounter with you to save you. Well, we'll take it then that everybody's saved in here. Let me ask you, are you living in your inheritance right now? God wants to get us to the land of the living. Here's my prayer that God births within every one of us today. I need to come to your feet, Lord. I need to come to the feet of Jesus. And I need to hear the word of God. And I know people still are, are battling fears and anxieties. Some of you in this room have been helpless, hopeless. Some of you have allowed the enemy to continue to mess with you. I'm going to open up these altars today. You can just come to the altar and you know what? You say, you know what? I'm pouring it all out here to you today, Lord. My anxieties, my worries, my fears, my tears, my hurts. 
Man, if you've battled depression. See, the reason I started with Psalm 142 is I saw how transparent God was. And I find in my own life, the more transparent I am with God, the more he begins to work in me. And so I welcome you to come down here. I'm going to have them sing. And if you have a desire to come down here individually, as couples, as families, and say, you know what? We're going to walk in this inheritance unlike any other time in our lives. I welcome you to come down. Go ahead and sing, guys. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.